and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks. I'm so thrilled you can join us today. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and we are going to be having a really interesting conversation. We are going to be talking about functional tools to enhance communication and life participation. And I I think that is wonderful in the realm of dementia. But before I introduce our guest, I want to just let people know if you are in Texas and in the Amarillo area on November 10th, I would love to meet you. I'm going to be doing a full day program for the Area Agency on Aging. It's their 17th annual caregiver conference. And we're going to have a lot of fun. You can contact them at 806 331-2227. That's 806-331-2227. Also, if you are looking for a support group, we do a memory cafe, which is for people with dementia and their care partners. We do that virtually. So we have people from Minnesota, where I'm located, all the way to Belgium and New Jersey and Florida. Uh, Feel free to join us. Just reach out to me at Lori at alzheimerspeaks.com. We meet the second and fourth Wednesday of each month from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time, and we do that via Zoom. And if you're in Minnesota, I also do another support group called Caregiver Connect, and that is the last Wednesday of each month at 10 a.m. to 11.30. And that has a group for the care partners and then also does respite care for those that are eligible living with dementia as well. And you can register for that by calling the Shoreview Parks and Rec at 763-913-6140. That's 763-913-6140. And that goes from 10 a.m. to 11.30. And then, of course, I always encourage people to go to alzheimerspeaks.com. There you can find all of our free resources. There's a ton of them. And um, many of them, people with dementia, their care partners can participate in as well, like our Dementia Chats and Dementia in the Arts program. And uh, you'll also be able to find from their Dementia Map, which is our global resource directory, which is free of charge, has over 150 categories that you can search and is growing every day. So don't miss out on that. You can also check out our book, Betty the Bald Chicken, by clicking on our book tab. That is for um, anybody dealing with dementia. It can also be used for bullying, divorce, death, any type of chronic illness, um, addictions, and so forth. And it's just a way to get people to have a conversation about how we care through a children's book. And it's been fun to see the kids really teaching us adults different ways to look at care. So with no further ado, let's introduce you to our guest. 
So Teresa, I'm really excited to have you with us today. I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself. This has been a long and coming kind of brewing show uh, that we've been working on in terms of date and time. And so I'm just thrilled that we're able to do this before the the close of the year, because I I think what you guys do is incredible. So please go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. And I'm excited to be here with you today as well. Thanks for having me. So my name is Teresa Thompson. I am a speech language pathologist. My experience includes working in a variety of different settings. So I've worked in hospitals, rehab centers, skilled nursing centers, long-term care and home health um, with the adult population. And I have worked with adults with varying diagnoses, including dementia. I now work as a senior clinical educator with Lingraphica. And Lingraphica has been around for over 30 years. And our goal is to help those with communication challenges, really improve their communication and their quality of life. Okay, wonderful. Now, I always start out um, all my interviews by asking the same question to everyone, and that is, have you been personally touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends? I have. Yes, I have been personally touched by dementia. When I was in my early 20s, both my maternal grandmother and grandfather were diagnosed with dementia around the same time. Um, so one or the other would, of course, have been extremely difficult, um, but that double whammy really just shattered us. Um, I just remember, you know, so much sadness and stress as we worked to understand what was happening. And my mom and her siblings were moving my grandparents cross country to try to get them the best care and closer to family. And, you know, there just weren't a lot of resources out there at that time to really deepen the understanding of dementia. My mom and I, we were just talking about that the other day. Um, So I'm just so grateful that that has changed and that families have more information and support through this journey. Definitely. Well, thank you. Well, let's start out having you explain what the heck is a speech and language pathologist and (laughs) how do you, how do you work with people? Because, you know, it's not something, you know, it's not something that we hear a, a ton about unless you have that you know particular thing um, going on. So why don't you tell us you know what you do? Absolutely. So a speech language pathologist can work with um, individuals throughout the lifespan. Actually, so we have speech language pathologists that specialize in early intervention all the way up to you know the adult communicator. And we are trained on communication, we are trained on swallowing, and we are also trained on cognition. So when we're thinking about um, working with a person with dementia, our approach may be a little bit different. Um, We are going to start out just as we would with any client where we're kind of looking to find out what are their strengths, right? We want to maximize on those. We want to maximize the things that are going well with communication and cognition. And then um, we want to educate the person with dementia, their family, their friends, their caregivers on some strategies that really can help slow down that deterioration and maximize on those strengths for a larger, um, longer period of time. Um, So that could include things like setting up compensatory strategies. So, External memory aids, I'm sure something that, you know, you are very, very familiar with. That's where where we may come in and help 
establish some memory aids that may help the person with dementia. Um, we may recommend some alternative methods to help support their communication. We'll be discussing that a little bit more today. Um, and we're going to be looking at daily tasks too. So finding out, you know, how can we make daily tasks more manageable? Um, can we initiate some new routines? Can we identify some routines that need to be maintained? Um, and how can we adapt the environment to really best support the person with dementia? So we have a really wide scope. Um, and there may be speech language pathologists that, you know, work only with particular populations, or you may have someone that has experience um, kind of throughout the lifespan. Okay, wonderful. Why don't you tell us about Lingraphica and what type of products, you know, the company actually offers people? Yeah, absolutely. So, Lori, we really have a lot of different offerings here at Lingraphica, so <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> I want to talk through all of them. Um, so first, we do offer alternative and augmentative communication devices, also known as AAC devices. And you may have also heard these called speech generating devices. Those terms are really interchangeable. In essence, what that means is augmentative means that someone may use our device to supplement their verbal speech. Alternative means that they use the device in place of their verbal speech. So, you know, in essence, it's their voice. So we offer free trials of our devices so that people can really see if they are a good fit. And we work with Medicare and Medicaid and VAs and commercial insurances for funding. We do also offer need-based financial assistance for out-of-pocket expenses if um, somebody is going through their insurance and it only covers a portion of that device, for example. Um, so a quick summary of our devices is that they are designed to help support communication, and they also have therapy and community built in. So that takes me to some of our other offerings. Um, did you know that we have some free apps and free community opportunities, Lori? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so let me share about those. So we do offer um, free communication and therapy apps via Apple. So we have um, a couple different apps. First, I'll talk about our small talk apps. These are quick communication tools. So these apps are going to allow the user to tap a pre-programmed word or phrase on the screen. It will have an associated picture and the app will speak that out loud for them. So for example, we have one focused on conversational phrases. We have one focused on vocabulary related to, you know, just activities of daily living, like bathing and getting dressed. So these are a really nice place to start um, if someone would benefit from this type of tool. They, they differ from our AAC devices in that they can't be customized to the user. They're just a preset selection of words and phrases. Okay. Well, that's, that's nice because, you know, when people get frustrated with communication, they withdraw, they get depressed. And so anything that we can do to ease that burden for people, I know some people with aphasia, you know, things get jarbled up. And, you know, I, I've been amazed that even when someone speaks in 
kind of um, ramble jamble, you know, put the words together. I can still understand what they're saying when I slow my mind down and pay attention. Um, yes. But I know there's a lot of people that get really frustrated because they want to hear it, you know, linearly. And, um, and then, you know, when we get frustrated and show that, then they feel that and they shut down and, you know, they're embarrassed, they feel shameful. And I mean, this isn't anything in their control. And, you know, so people with dementia, um, I think can benefit from this or people with strokes. I mean, there's so many different things and none of us have just one thing. Typically, you know, our lives are complicated and stuff. So that's this, the truth. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can see where this would be a really nice addition and something that is um, with these free apps, something that's flexible when you're out in community, if you've got a phone um, to be able to help somebody do like police departments and things like that know about these apps? Do you, because I, I think that could be really helpful for, you know, EMTs and stuff too. We do have customizable cards available on our website for different diagnoses where people can print out a card and take that out if they, you know, get pulled over, they're talking to a police officer and let them know, I have this condition, I have difficulty communicating, I understand you, I, but I can't get the words out. Um, so we do have a tool that's really easy for people to just kind of bring with them and, you know, let first responders know. Um, but, you know, that's a really great question. I, I think that raising awareness within the first responder community of, you know, just the, all the different options of AAC and how somebody might be communicating um, certainly is something that could be improved upon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm always looking for, you know, awareness and stuff. And I, it, it bothers me when we seem to always put the burden on the person diagnosed, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. it's like, you know, they're just trying to manage. So the rest of us need to need to know more and expand Absolutely. how we approach things. So I can yeah. see where that could be, could be really helpful. Now, you said that you had some free apps. Were there some other ones that you wanted to highlight as well? Or Yeah, yeah, we do have um, some therapeutic platforms and community options that are all free as well. So we have two free therapy platforms. They're called TalkPath Therapy and TalkPath News. Um, both of these are actually incorporated into our AAC device, but they are also available as iPad apps, or you can just go to a regular website browser to access them. So TalkPath Therapy, it gives access to just a variety of different therapeutic exercises. So there's all kinds of um, different things on there, like practicing speech, practicing reading, writing, memory, just tons of options. If somebody is working with a speech language pathologist, um, their SLP can actually set up a home exercise program for them through this app. And then when they sign in, they can just access that and complete the exercises that, that their SLP has kind of designed for them. It's a really nice tool. So with the news, what, what is that one then? Yeah. So TalkPath News is honestly probably my favorite app. Um, <laughs> it is a supportive reading tool. So you can browse by topic and select an article of choice, and then it will be read out loud. The text will show on screen 
it will be highlighted as it is being read. There is an option to pause it. So if it's becoming overwhelming and somebody needs to, you know, take a moment or hear something again, they have the option to do that. And then after the article has been read, um, there are some questions at the end. So multiple choice questions that help work on comprehension and recall. Okay. Oh, wonderful. Um, anything else that you wanted to add to that as far as um, things that are accessible? Yeah. And then I just wanted to mention um, that we just have some free opportunities for connection as well. So again, these are accessible via web browser and they're also incorporated into our device. So if a device user is using their device for communication, they also have really easy access to these therapeutic tools and the abilities to connect. So we do have a free online aphasia community at aphasia.com. It offers things like educational resources and online forums and more. And then I would really, really love to tell you about our virtual connections program. So that is a free conversation group style um, Zoom meetup platform for people with aphasia. And um, these sessions are facilitated by a speech language pathologist or another professional who's been trained in supportive communication. And, you know, we talked about aphasia, Lori. So is it okay if I kind of step back and, and explain the aphasia focus a little bit? Yeah, because, you know, some people might not, I mean, I talked about, you know, jarbling, you know, words and stuff, but it, feel free to define that better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we do have a large number of people with aphasia who use our devices. Um, certainly not limited to those with aphasia though. Um, but the tools I'll talk about are a little bit more aphasia specific resources. Um, so aphasia is a language disorder and it can manifest um, with difficulties with word finding, difficulties with verbal expression, comprehension, reading, writing. And in many cases, it's an acquired condition. So it's often after a stroke, like you mentioned, or a traumatic brain injury, for example. Um, there is a type of aphasia, the, um, the primary progressive aphasia, um, that's a frontotemporal dementia. So that's classified in with aphasia because language or word finding difficulties are often the first signs of the condition. Um, so aphasia and dementia do have a little bit of a tie in that um, the primary progressive aphasia really starts with those language difficulties. And then as the condition progresses, some of the memory challenges and cognitive challenges may come in. But we do have um, some virtual connection sessions that are specific for that population. So I did wanna call those out as well. We have a session called Living with PPA um, that meets every other week. And then we also have a group for care partners supporting PPA, and that meets once a, once a month. So those are just some really great free resources um, that give people an opportunity to connect, you know, and I think that's always just so important to be able to connect with others who are kind of traveling that similar path. Oh, definitely. You know, if you want to send me um, a flyer for that group or even highlight some of these things, I can put that on the, the blog and 
stuff and make it easier for people to be able to find or the URLs to be able to download those apps and things? Yes, I can send that all to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And people can browse the sessions at virtualconnections.com, but I will definitely send you some resources as well. Virtualconnections.com. Wonderful. Um, That's fantastic. I I think, I, I know typically, I guess my experience has been when aphasia hits, people are just shocked. I mean, they've never heard of it before. They don't know what they're dealing with. And to be able to connect people to others like them is got to be massively huge. Absolutely. And it's so much fun. You know, we, we have a great time in these groups. I run a pet lovers session and we just have a blast. You know, we share Mm -hmm. our pets. Sometimes we get to see people's pets on screen. Sometimes it's pictures and people communicate in all kinds of different ways within the sessions. You know, some are verbal, some are using a device, some are typing or using a whiteboard or showing the pictures. So it's really just a combination of ways and it's such a fun opportunity to connect. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Um, well, it's, uh, you know, how long has Lind Graphica been around? Do you know? 30 years. 30, 30 years. years. Okay. Cause yeah. And we launched like- virtual connections during COVID. Um, yeah. So, you know, that was the time period where we were hearing from a lot of the people that we work with that those in-person support groups and conversation groups that they were used to attending, they just weren't happening anymore. And obviously that was really detrimental. Um, so we did launch it during COVID and we partner with the nonprofit aphasia recovery connections to provide um, the service and it's just, you know, really taken off and been something that, um, you know, we have no plans of stopping. It it will continue on. Fantastic. What are some of the ways that your product can help access communication options, you know, for somebody with dementia specifically? Yeah, sure. So I will talk in more detail about our AAC devices here. So um, they really are such a dynamic tool just to support communication. So there are multiple ways to communicate built into our devices, similar to how I was just describing the apps. Our talk feature allows for, you know, pre-programmed words and phrases to be spoken with a simple tap. And the communication cards are arranged by topics. So There's an easy way to access, you know, conversational phrases, for example, or maybe I'm in pain or I need to tell you that I'm feeling nauseous. There's an easy way for me to communicate my symptoms Um, or there's an easy way for me to access my favorite breakfast foods and let you know what I'd like for breakfast. So all of that is pre-programmed in. And it's really easy to add more. So that's where it differs from the apps. We can add more cards. We can delete. We can edit what is there to reflect the needs of that specific device user. So honestly, my favorite feature of our devices really is that they are highly customizable. And I think that's really important for a couple of reasons. Um, When we're thinking about a person with dementia, we want something that can be simplified over time. So that highly customizable nature of our devices allows us to set it up at, you know, the level that is appropriate at the time that person comes to work with us, but simplify it to their needs over time. 
And it has been shown in the research to be really beneficial for somebody with dementia to learn to use a system like this, you know, in the earlier stages of their diagnosis, because that'll just make it easier for them to access it more automatically later on. And then the second real benefit of that customization is that, you know, we can really make it personal and that's what it's all about. Um, So we could use our devices to personalize it to the individual and even build what I would call like a digital memory tool. So if somebody is working with a device early in the stages of their diagnosis, for example, and they are able to communicate with more ease. We can take videos, we can take voice recordings, and those will live on the device. And they can then be used, um, you know, as the condition progresses. So imagine the power of someone with dementia being able to tap that card and say, I love you in their own voice when they are no longer able to speak that verbally. Wow. That I love the customization. I just think that that is so important. Um, I had one person who was part of my dementia chats um, who actually used, that's how I found out about your company and she has oh, cool. since passed, um, but she, she just loved your equipment and um, spoke really highly of it and said it was very, very helpful, you know, for her when she was utilizing that. So that's great um, to hear. I just want to say to our audience, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking with Teresa Thompson, who is the speech and language pathologist and senior clinical educator for Lynn Graphica. And um, we've been learning all kinds of stuff that their company does and provides tools, um, both for fee and free um, apps to, you know, be able to help people communicate better. You can visit their website, which is lingraphica.com, or you can call them at 888-274-2742. That's 888-274-2742. And they are also on Facebook, um, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and Instagram. So not hard to, not hard to find them at all. Um, next, we're, we're going to dive a little bit deeper and, um, and learn a little bit more. So stick with us. So Teresa, I want to ask about the Lingraphica device. Can it be used to really help a person be more independent with their activities of daily living? You know, we've been talking yes. about speech and I can kind of see how that ties in. Um, but if you can talk a little deeper on that, I think that would be helpful for our audience. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit about connection and then um, I can talk about independence as well. Um, So one of the things that I think is really lovely about our device is it can be used not only as that communication tool, but also as a memory aid. So we could have, you know, a folder on the device for grandchildren, for example, and we can have actual pictures of each. We could have their names And then we could also have some vocabulary there that that person with dementia may want quick access to when seeing their grandchildren or talking with their grandchildren. Um, I mentioned earlier, we can add in videos or we can even download videos. So family memories could be stored there as well. Um, I also really like to work with people on communicating um, with their device via storytelling. So 
we know that the ability to share personal stories allows for just such a rich connection and it can really help, you know, stir memories. So we may have a folder set up for somebody where they can tell some of those stories about growing up or their family or their job or, or all of the above. And we can program that in a step-by-step fashion with their own pictures, their own descriptive phrases, and then they can share with others. Well, I love that because it, it ties in not only the independence, the storytelling, you know, that, that flow, but that dignity aspect. Absolutely. Uh, I'm still part of this community, you know, or this family or this friendship or whatever it is. Um, So that's really quite beautiful. Absolutely. And just, you know, that quality of life, that's, that's what it's all about. That's why somebody would be coming to us to use a device in the first place. And we really want to think about how we can use it in a meaningful way to increase that quality of life. Well, that's, that's great. Anything else that you wanted to add? Cause I kind of jumped in there and might've cut you off. No problem. You're you're completely (laughs) fine. I I did want to just mention, you know, a couple of different ways that I have seen people utilize the device. So let's say we have that story set up. Sometimes we'll see that, you know, an individual may go into their story and they may need to tap the card and have that pre-programmed phrase spoken for them. However, sometimes we do see that it's also just a great, you know, visual aid. So it can sometimes allow somebody to express a name or an idea verbally themselves or expand upon a story um, once they've seen that picture support, you know, and, and those associated words or phrases. So it can really help stimulate that recall and word retrieval. Um, we do also, I wanted to mention briefly, have um, a type function on our devices. So that allows device users to type in any novel message. And there is the option for on-screen word prediction as needed. And then they can type speak and the device would speak that novel message. And we also have a built-in whiteboard. And I love the whiteboard, Laurie. It just opens up a whole additional mode of communication. So, you know, we may have somebody that can get their point across in a given moment by drawing. Or maybe the caregiver can pull up that whiteboard and, you know, write down some keywords to help support the conversation in that moment. Well, that's cool. I, I like that. Um, how about in terms of enhancing like leisure activities, like if they do hobbies and artwork and, and things like that, is that where that would take place in the whiteboard or does it hook up to, I, I know I have a thing called Dimension the Arts, where a lot of people are tapping into different apps, you know, on Google or Apple to just be able to explore and do things. Yes, that's a great question. So certainly the whiteboard could be a um, opportunity for leisure. We have had people download like the adult coloring pages, for example. On our whiteboard, you do have the ability to add in a picture. So you can add your own picture and then write words around it. You could grab something from the internet like an adult coloring page and then have that to be able to color on as a leisure activity. So that that is definitely one aspect of the device that um, could be used for leisure. But we do also have that opportunity to launch out to websites, like you mentioned. Um, So, you know, if I play Sudoku every day, I can program my card 
with the Sudoku website and just with that one tap, it will launch me out to Sudoku or Audible if I want to listen to an audiobook or, you know, whatever websites are really relevant for my leisure activities. Okay. Do you have anything for, and again, I'm going to go back to art because I've just seen this be such a powerful resource for people with yeah. dementia. Um, do you have anything that, let's say if they create stuff as a company where people can display their artwork, I just think that might inspire others and, and then, you know, give them some, some pride in terms of showing off what they've done as well. And I don't mean to I put you on the that. spot, but it's just a, um, I just think it could be a really nice addition if you don't have something like that already. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that idea. Um, we we haven't done it as specific as that, but what we have done more generally is for our virtual connections members, um, we have done a publication that included, you know, poems, drawings, artwork, crafts, anything that they created that they wanted to share and um, had the opportunity for, for them to submit that and then have it shared out to other virtual connections members. So it's kind of, you know, along those lines and a really fantastic idea to pull in some artwork from the device. I love okay. that. Well, that's um, Yeah, and the National Aphasia Association also has a night of the arts where you see a, a lot of that um, type of information shared as well. And, it, you know, if you know of any of your people that would want to participate in our Dimension the Arts, we're going to be changing it up come the first of the year. We were only doing it quarterly this year, um, but we're going to um, expand that to doing it monthly. Myself and Mary Crescenzo, who is a master artist, um, but we, we talk with people and they share their artwork. You know, they can either pull up the screen and share the Zoom um, and then on, on my website, I actually have an art gallery where we can post things and put their name by them and, and stuff. But it's just kind of a, a nice way for people to be able to see what others are doing. And, Absolutely. Um, That's yeah. lovely. I, I would love to share that opportunity. I'm sure we have people that would be interested. Well, good, good. Um, anything that we, that we missed that, uh, that you want to share with us? Yeah, I want to go back a little more on leisure. So, um, you know, I was talking about programming and customizing a device and different folders. So another area that we could really focus on with leisure is looking at those activities of choice, looking at the things that somebody is interested in, actually, you know, taking part in and making sure that we have that vocabulary programmed into their device. So I've had a lot of um, people that I've made bingo folders for or football folders where they can, you know, yell at the TV and um, call out the plays and talk about their favorite players. Um, so that I think is a really important aspect of device use. It's just that, you know, actual life participation. I and love then, that. yeah, I think yeah. that that is, that is really neat. I mean, it's, it's something that is so simple, but I think something that can be easily overlooked and boy what a difference that that would make in someone's life absolutely yeah and you know like you said earlier I'm I'm here and I'm part of this discussion and I'm part of this activity that's just so powerful um, to give somebody the tools they need to to be able to be present in a way that is meaningful for them um, and then, yeah, I wanted to mention music. So you talked about art and I agree with you that art is so entirely therapeutic. 
I really believe that music is as well. So there are a few different ways that I like to incorporate music into the device um, where users can access it, you know, just in a real natural way. Um, so if we think about the website links that I was mentioning in, we have device users that have, you know, whole folders for different artists. So maybe we have an Elvis folder, for example, and then within that Elvis folder, we've got those one tap cards that can launch out to, you know, a YouTube video of him performing different songs, for example, or we can even download those videos so that they're, they're just there and we don't even have to have that Wi-Fi access. Um, I've also had device users use um, their device with a smart device. So we're using the device as the voice control for an Alexa or for an OK Google device, for example. <laughs> My Alexa just went off. Um, <laughs> so we have folders pre-programmed into our devices um, that allows people to quickly access the voice control for an Alexa or an OK Google device, for example. So they can tap a card that will say, you know, okay, Google, give me a news update or check the weather. But what I really love to spend some time on here is finding out like, what do they enjoy with their Alexa? Do they want to tell jokes? Do they want to listen to music? If so, let's make a music folder and get those favorite artists in there so that they can, you know, tap that card and have their favorite musician played. Oh, that's uh, great. I mean, and again, it's that normalcy that everyone else is using those smart devices and allowing them to use them as well. That's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I've even had, you know, device users that have their smart device connected to their lights or their thermostat. So same idea. You could program a card where they can really quickly control their thermostat and they're going to have that visual support, you know, the picture of their own thermostat the words underneath, and then the ability to control it um, from the device there. Neat, neat. Yeah. Um, well, that is that is wonderful. I just, I just found this conversation fascinating, and I really appreciate you taking this time. I think it's so important for us to be inclusive and to raise, you know, raise the profiles of services, products, and tools that are out there that can help people. Um, communicate, be independent, you know, thrive within their own lives. And, and um, Lynn Grafica has, has really done some cool stuff to be able to help people with this. And I, I also loved when you said, you know, they can do a trial to see if this works. I love that, you know, there's, hey, try the free stuff out first, if you want to do baby steps and things. Right. Um, do they apply through, is this something that would be ordered like through their doctor then or through you as a therapist or, or a therapist locally? So it does require a doctor's order and it needs to be recommended by a speech language pathologist. So we have two different um, ways that that can be initiated. So if somebody is currently working with a speech language pathologist, they can start a trial through Lingraphica and they would, um, with our support and our help, be working one-on-one -on -one with the client throughout that trial. We do also, of course, have, you know, device user, or we do also, of course, have um, people who are interested in our devices that don't have a speech language pathologist. Um, 
So we have the option for what's called an at-home device trial. And in that scenario, we can go ahead and send a device out and provide some upfront training to the person with dementia, their family, their caregivers. And then if they are interested in pursuing the device, we can find a local speech language pathologist or telehealth speech language pathologist for them to work with on the evaluation. Okay. Well, that's great. And do you mind sharing what the cost of these devices run? So the devices are, the cost of the device is set by Medicare. So um, Medicare has set the device this year for reimbursable speech generating devices for, I believe, about 9000 So mm-hmm. that sounds like quite a ticket item, right? Um, but that's where we work with Medicare, Medicaid, commercial insurances, and then we do provide um, that financial support in the instance that perhaps Medicare is covering at 80% and that remaining 20% is going to be a burden. Okay. Well, and that, that is wonderful. And, I, you know, even though the, the, the price of the product is high, I mean, just think about it. If you can't communicate what that does to your quality of life, you know, I mean, it's, it, that's massively huge. And, you know, language is just something we take for granted um, all too often. And, you know, it's kind of like our hearing, <laughs> you know, our, our sight. We're just so used to it all working. And what if it doesn't? Right. What if it just doesn't anymore? And uh, being able to still still par- participate and feel fulfilled and feel like you still belong and that people are um, paying attention to you. You're not just a a wallflower on the side of the the gym who's just watching and feeling depressed, you know, that's, um, that's not a way to live life. So um, I I love what you're doing. Well, Teresa, I, again, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Um, You have given us so much great information and uh, such important information too. I, I think so often people you know, when we don't know what we don't know, we, some people just stop and they don't explore. And that's why it's so important to have conversations like this on our show and others is to be able to expose and, and push it out because, you know, when you don't even know something's available, you don't know what it's called. You don't, you just don't know. And it can, it can um, not only stick and get somebody stuck who is diagnosed, but also those that are caring for them if someone isn't stepping up and and mentioning these things. And sometimes I don't think the doctors always do a great job either at referring somebody out. They're just like, well, that's what happens. And it's like, no, there are tools out here that can support this. Granted, it can be part of the disease process, but there are still supports for that disease process. And I I find often um, those things are missed. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, I think having that life participation approach where we have a tool that can give somebody a way to be present, a way to participate in the moment, a way to have some visual memory aids, and then even a way to have, you know, perhaps some supports for completing activities more independently. Um, it's just, you know, that's priceless. Um one of the things I wanted to mention, you had you had asked earlier about the ADLs, um, and I don't think I mentioned it at that time, like 
the devices are really fantastic for setting up routines too. So, you know, it's so important with dementia where we want to find out what are those routines and activities that are so important for them to complete independently, right? And how can we make that happen? How can we prolong that? So we do um, customization for that quite a bit too, where, you know, maybe somebody wants to make their daily coffee and we can set up a folder with pictures of the steps and they have that picture support. They have the visual audio support to walk them through that task. So that can be really, really powerful as well. Oh, fantastic. So for our listeners, I, you know, I want you to join us and be a giver of hope. Like, click and share again, not because I want the numbers. Those mean absolutely nothing to me, but I know that there's people in your sphere that need this information and, you know, it's not going to hurt to spread the word of knowledge that's out there because even if it doesn't happen to us personally, it might happen to somebody in our family, our circle of friends, our coworkers, our neighbors. I mean, there's this ripple effect. And when you can mention something that you've learned, I mean, you'll see a glint in somebody's eye when they're feeling really hopeless and go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that existed. And you've, you've got that power to do that. So um, be a giver of hope, help share, help share this episode and get it to the people that need it. And I'm sure if you had any questions, Teresa would be more than glad to talk with you or one of their staff at Lynn Graphica. Um, it, it's so powerful. These, these functional tools, you know, can enhance communication and just participation in life. And we all want to belong. We all want to, to feel like we're just the same as everyone else, you know, and this, this gives that opportunity. So again, you can go to their website, lingraphica.com. That's L-I-N-G-R-A-P-H-I-C-A.com. You can find them on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, you can also give them a holler at 888-274-2742. Thanks, everyone. Have a blessed week. And uh, remember, check out alzheimerspeaks.com for all those free educational resources we have as well. And you might be interested in our book, Betty the Bald Chicken, Lessons in How to Care, because it really touches on this when you don't feel like you belong or fit in. So thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.